20 good minutes i'm zealand and that's ben and we were gone for about two and a half weeks and it was all my fault go ahead and get it out now it was all my fault uh yeah well it was all your fault i'll get it out there sure uh this week we're covering <laughs> the world war Two, as well as some other current events that have been happening recently <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. uh move, moving along moving along everything's fine we're back um yeah it's gonna be a good show don't worry listeners we're, we're here to stay we're here to say, and I, I'm going to scare you guys because we are going to talk about the Champions League semifinals. We're going to record another episode before the finals, so don't worry, we'll break that down later. We're going to talk about giants that have fallen off. Uh, we're going to talk about precious little football manager, which usually is a good thing for a football manager. And we're going to talk about barbecue sauce. But first, we're going to talk about a sport that you have discovered recently mm. and i'm so happy you've discovered it because it's kind of the reverse experience of me learning the history of uh, of soccer football and, and kind of, like i was recently introduced to a guy named edgar davids who i'd never knew existed what? before i didn't i in we, to, like two weeks ago i had no idea oh, he's he one of my existed. favorite one of my favorite dutch players of all time and not just because of the goggles just you because all... like it, it was <laughs> as, as he once said on breakfast television he was he was fucking edgar davids um he, he said <laughs> Uh, for those that say, so I'll tell that story. So for those that have seen the video, if you haven't seen it, Google Edgar David Soccer AM, right? And uh, that's not ironic. Uh, he was on the show and he was playing for like fifth tier Barnet. And he said he one day just sort of like got up and just thought, I'm fucking Edgar David. What am I doing here? Um, and yeah, that, that's literally the, the entire basis of the story. But seeing Edgar David say that and the shock and disgust of the presenters <laughs> as he says it is, is is exceptional. So I'm sorry that it's been ex expletive very early on, but it's well worth it. Edgar David, ladies and gentlemen. No, now, um, I, now I have to flag the podcast like this episode no, is expletive. I do now. I don't care. No, I don't, Spotify I, and I tune down even more listening. I won't worry about that. Well, so we've got the brand deal. Then go with it. Um, no, listen up. <laughs> so yeah hockey uh it's been i've now I've, I've watched it solidly now i've missed you're gonna love this i've missed three games in the last two seasons of the new york rangers is playing which is tough to as you if people don't know the schedule that's a lot yeah they play 82 games a year well not now i mean yeah. with covid stuff it's been completely 56. haphazard but yeah. normally a normal season is 82 games 41 home that is significantly more lightning more rangers games than lightning games i've watched and i'm a born and bred tampa bay lightning fan in the nhl yeah. uh but it's also on at 12 a.m as in midnight <laughs> where, where, where i am so it's uh yeah luckily it sort of works well with doug and having a newborn because it's sort of like well, i'm up so i might as well might as well watch it but no i'm i'm very much addicted i went to new york saw them play live uh, three times in two years and then since that moment i came home i was like i'm going to dedicate time to this i tried to get into an american sport for ages couldn't get into the nfl couldn't get into the nba um but now that the hockey i've yeah i've definitely latched onto i tell you that i knew that you'd been to a game because hockey on tv you're like eh. and i guess a lot of people would say this about soccer or, or football right mm. it would be if you're watching it on tv sometimes it's it's eh, you know whatever 
when you go to a hockey game in person, like an NHL game, and especially, I mean, you were in Madison Square Garden. That's like a cathedral yeah, of American say, sport. Oh, see, I'm going to make it worse now. They're preseason games. Didn't matter. Still oh. really good. So don't worry about it. Not as good as the <laughs> NHL games, but I went I went in September, which is not when the league is. Uh, but no, still really good. Still, like, don't worry. Still really good. But, I, but you are right. Mm. Because like, I think what you're getting at is right. The atmosphere of being there is so much more than watching on TV. And I think because I've been and because I know what's going on during ad breaks, like I can visualize it. So I don't have to, I'm not worried about it so much. I'm like, yeah, they're clearing the ice or they're bringing a machine out or they're firing t-shirts into the, into the crowd. <laughs> like I can picture yeah. all of those things happening. And so, so I'm not thinking, oh, what's this pause? What's this break? And I get that with the NFL sometimes, which is, which is one of my big issues with it. Um, so no, it's, look, I absolutely love it. The New York Rangers is my team and uh, we are average to good. So <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Oh, the, the hockey is actually maybe my favorite sport to attend live, mainly because, oh, wow. well, the, the team that I've born and bred to be a fan of is always really good. Don't ask me why a, a team in Florida is just really good at hockey, but it is. And <laughs> we like the, the Lightning sell out every game. The atmosphere is always amazing. We're always winning. I, I always just loved going to hockey games because our baseball team and our football team, like our American football team, usually suck. Obviously, the Bucks are good right now with Tom Brady because we just like bought the greatest player of all time. But normally, the other two teams were bad, and I just always I had a soft spot for hockey because I'm like, man, every time we go to the hockey game, Dad, we win. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> but but it's uh, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a cool sport to to figure out right you're, you're right like you're you're we, the funny thing was we had a conversation before we started recording about hockey and i felt like i held my own in a conversation with someone that actually knows about it <laughs> whereas but then again you get quite an education watching like 150 games <laughs> in, in uh in two years i definitely feel like i've caught up to speed with the way it plays and obviously things that happen on the ice and, and, and the tactical decisions that are made like it's, once you know like the fundamentals it's quite an easy sport to pick up as well there, are, there aren't loads of like complex matters that occur and, and those that do are so rare that everyone is excited about them so it's uh, you definitely feel part of that every single time um, i think uh, what's the old saying it's hit tape hit the net have your passes hit the tape and have your shots hit the net and you're probably gonna win yeah uh, but like there is that. there's there's one there's one other part of hockey that i don't know if a lot of people are aware of right like so the people that play hockey and every every country that plays hockey takes it very seriously it's a great olympic sport uh in mm. it's basically eastern europe and the u.s and canada that's like who's playing hockey in, in scandinavia and all of those different countries are good at it and care but for some reason central and western europe just never got the memo we try uh, <laughs> we, we, like we've got a team like, yeah. the great the great britain team exists there's a few like coventry have a known side i think nottingham do as well there's like a few that are relatively close to play but no it's it's not the same here as it is in the states not at all no i mean it's always one of those like when we get like germany in the in the in the yeah. olympics we're always like okay easy win on to the next game <laughs> like, all right we're when do we play canada one. is it just that is it just a matter of oh russia they're quite good canada ah this could be problematic yeah yeah, I like the idea of that. yeah well the one with canada is uh, the one with russia is always uh that's a huge edgy rivalry in hockey uh and there was an all-time great and this is just me riffing on on hockey now but to, 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 what, what you would shot god i'm such a professional unbelievable <laughs> Uh, that was an update. Right now. That was actually an update <laughs> on uh, on Killian Mbappe getting 
to the final of some French Cup, actually. So we can talk oh, wow. about that later. Okay. That I'm, I'm just I, I'm tuned into the breaking news. But there was a game yeah. between the U.S. and Russia at the Olympics. It went to like nine shots in a shootout. But oh. and I want you to imagine this. And it was in like the semifinals, so it was to go to the the championship <laughs> game. I think we lost to Canada, anyways. But that's not relevant. Oh. We we so in hockey in the Olympics, you don't have to rotate who takes the shot. So there was Whoa. one guy that took all nine oh. shots for the U.S. That seems that seems unjust. <laughs> kind of, I kind of like the idea that he's just exhausted by nine. Did he? And you won, I assume. Yeah. So, we, that, so we he's won winning it. as well. That's why I'm talking about it. If I was Russian, I definitely wouldn't be bringing this up. He should be taking every. Me- he, should be, he should be taking the amount of medals <laughs> that he got. He should, he should, if, he, if it was silver, he should have nine silver medals. As far as I'm concerned, some of those players shouldn't have them. Uh, well it was great because russia like sent like five or six guys to take their nine and we just kept sending tj oshi is his name he plays for washington oh yeah yeah, yeah and, i know oshi washington took... great 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 link you were, you're trying to draw there which i love bringing them up that works. <sighs> yeah and it, it, it is actually just beyond convenient that that shootout happened that's where he plays and the other element to hockey that you have been introduced to that I always mm. loved is you want to call American sports soft. That's that's a very that's a favorite English thing to do in particular. You're talking about American football. Oh, they're wearing all these helmets and pads. And it's not a soft sport, but I won't get into that now. <laughs> uh, it's just different. It's a different type of toughness. Now, hockey is a bit more. How do you say uh like upfront oh, with the violence? I was gonna say obvious. I was gonna say more obvious <laughs> with the violence. Like, the thing is, I like they wear quite a lot of padding, but they're also like skating around at twenty miles an hour on ice. With <laughs> so at that point, it's fair enough in my opinion. But no, they, there's a lot of fighting that occurs. And when I say a lot of fighting, people often ask me because obviously people know I'm into it, and a lot of UK viewers are like, "Oh, do they fight a lot?" It's like, ah, oh, maybe like once or twice a night at like a maximum, not much more than that. But recently. There was an incident. Do you want to talk people through the incident, and I'll talk. I'll talk you through my perspective. So basically, what happened is there's this guy, Wilson. He <laughs> plays for Washington, and he is he's a prick. He, he's he a wrongun, viewers. He's a wrongun. He's an absolute wrongun. Yeah, and so he does some he does some nasty stuff, right? Uh, just to simplify this, he does some nasty stuff. The league does not suspend him. The league should have suspended him. You know, there's no card system in hockey, right? There's no automatic suspension protocol. The protocol for suspension is if you do something really heinous, right? It's reviewed by the league office and then the league doles out a punishment. Like you miss a couple of games mm. or something. They didn't do this. So Wilson just, you know, logs. You see it before. People have been banned for like a month at a time for some really nasty hit or like, because you can really hurt somebody if you catch them. Same in soccer and football i always try and draw the parallel is like if you come in you know you come in high with the studs you can destroy somebody's knee you can do a similar type of thing in, yeah in hockey and so when people do that you tend to get suspensions he doesn't get a suspension so the rangers are already out of the playoffs your team uh and the rangers come up against washington and and wilson and they essentially just decided to fight everybody all the time the entire game yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna fill in some details so we played, we played on the Tuesday and then the Thursday, for argument's sake, right? There was, a, was oh, no, no, maybe not even that. There was like there was little gap between the games. Basically, we played them back to back. 
One of our players is down. He punches them in the back of the head while also on the floor. Another player then jumps on him, our best player as it happens, um, who recently got attacked by Vladimir Putin for saying some, for, for doing nothing really other than protesting the, the Russian government. It's been a weird season for the Rangers this year. <laughs> a lot has happened. Our goalkeeper and one of our far right players fought. The far right player no, no longer plays for the team anymore. We've just we've just sacked our coach. Previously to that, we'd sacked our general manager. It's chaos at the moment. It's, it's not going great. Anyway. Tom Wilson, the, the, the wrong one, uh, punches uh, one of our players on the floor, then grabs another player whose helmet comes off, our best player at this point, Artemi Panarin, slams him to the ground. He's on five million pounds a year, Z. You got a 5K fine for it. 5K? It's, it's the equivalent of stamping on someone and then headbutting another one. And the, and, the, and the FA go, oh, well, yeah, he was booked. <laughs> so what's your problem? Like, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. Yeah, well, the, be the best part is you got to play him again. So the way the, the yeah, NHL season is set up, is the teams are broken into pods. So you're playing like the same, it's like, depending on where you are, like five to seven teams over and over and over yeah. and over and over and over. And, and with over COVID, and it's, it's so much worse, right? They've narrowed it down. There's less games. So they're playing everyone more. They're playing everyone eight times in their divisions. Um, so at the very start of the game, because we're furious with the outcome of the previous game and the lack of like fine or suspension, um, we just have six fights in four minutes. <laughs> yeah, just, no, what it was described to me, I didn't want is like they just everybody was just like threw down the gloves and just started trying to take people's heads off, essentially. Uh, yeah, there was a three three on three fight to begin with, and not not like grouped. It was just like three individual fights. Uh, they've got is it Chara who's like massive, six foot nine? Yeah, yeah, um, he's he's the Slovakian national captain. He's yeah, been playing for like he, twenty years. <laughs> he started we didn't fight him there were still our players sort of just skated backwards and went no we'll leave it we'll leave it anyway tom wilson comes on of course he does gets immediately attacked by our toughest player three of our toughest players are out that night so it's honestly so if you, if you ever watched the highlights of, of the fights that occurred between the washington capitals and the new york rangers it's just caps players just beating the shit out of our players <laughs> for about 10 minutes Oh, it's really bad we are not equipped to fight we're a very young side like we've got a couple of players over the age of like 28 everyone else is under 23 it feels like and uh yeah we are not equipped to fight in any sense of the words but like morally it was like oh we have to be showing that we're up for this you know we've got a lot of heart but the reality was we were starting fights and just getting battered every single time there's one there's, there's a there's a picture that was taken of there are six players in each penalty box <laughs> which i've never seen before but it was uh it was absolutely sensational so if you're not into hockey um hope that that might have sold it for you the, the playoffs have just started pick a team follow it it's great Oh, dear. Uh, fabulous sport and the probably the best thing that came out of it was there was a picture of the penalty box for the capitals with like six dudes there isn't even room to sit down in the penalty box anymore so they're just kind oh, of yeah. standing all on top of each other it's so good and one it's of so the yeah, one of the one of the captions was uh like like on a meme was like all the boy all you and all your boys in the drunk tank the night they reopened the bars <laughs> that was like <laughs> that yeah. was, Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah very that, good. That's that's an un, it's a hidden little thing in hockey. Is this? Uh, and I, I promise we're gonna get to the other stuff. Is there's this little thing in hockey where every team kind of has the guy that fights. Like you mentioned, that you were missing those guys. No, no. The thing is, the guys that we're missing aren't even that guy. We just don't have one of those guys. Tom Wilson is like a special breed. He's been like suspended five times in the last four years. Like he, he is there wrong, and, and it's the sort of thing that every team in the league would want him but no one else can stand him. But he's, he's one of those guys. He's a Roy Keane-esque figure. Is the way you'd probably dress him up. But uh, 
Yeah, we didn't have anyone, so we were just getting beaten up by men, and we were just a bunch of boys trying really hard to do something. It was embarrassing. It, it builds but, character. That's what that's what I heard. Mm, kind of, and that, and then as a result of that, three of our or I say three, like six of our major staff have just been sacked. <laughs> Not because of that incident, but as I said, I say that two of them were sacked because then we went after the league officials. Honestly, the season's over for the Rangers, and I think a lot of people are happy about that, including me. Cause it's exhausting. Um, so. Yeah, hockey. Watch it. Lovely. There, there, a there's a show, it's like a 30 for 30 about the people that ended up being the fighters where they talk to like the top 10 people in the history of hockey and like most oh, penalty minutes. Good. And it's a great show where they're just like, yeah, we're all of them are aware. They're like, yeah, I'm on the team because I fight. Like, I'm not that good. <laughs> like, I, you know, I should be I should be in the minor leagues, but I'm in the like, I should be in the reserves, yeah, yeah. but I'm on the first team because and, th and this is what they always would do is if you have somebody like Wayne Gretzky, who is the best hockey player of all time you would follow him around with like, you know, on the team, you would make sure that there were a couple of guys that could really beat somebody up so that nobody oh. would, nobody would take cheap shots at Gretzky. And they actually had a problem where like yeah. Gretzky started to get hurt a lot when they forgot to sign like a fighter. And so they had to go out and find some fourth line defenseman who could just beat the bejesus out of somebody. And then all of a sudden Gretzky stopped getting hurt as much because everybody was afraid to take cheap, like cheap shots at, at Gretzky. Because yeah. if you take a cheap shot, then all of a sudden this big, you know, this bear is coming over that they pulled out of the Russian wilderness to beat you up, essentially. I, I just want to say for, for UK viewers that, because Wayne Gretzky is not someone that transcends like global sport, right? But he's a huge deal in America and especially in Canada. So if you've never looked up and if you obviously heard of Wayne Gretzky but you've never looked up his stats he makes Ronaldo and Messi look like average Premier League footballers like the, the the stats that Wayne Gretzky has as a sportsman compared to every other player in hockey is outrageous do yourself a favor educate yourself it is you'll be you'll be just looking at it going that's crazy that's it's getting crazier that is ridiculous he holds every record this is ridiculous um yeah unbelievable yeah you don't get the nickname like the great one without being no. uh <laughs> we just to give you an idea and it, it it is very this is uncommon we're talking about somebody that over a 21 or 22 year career averaged over two goal contributions per game it's a lot <laughs> over a 20 year period do you know what's better is, is the great one better or is zealand the canon shannon better the canon shannon uh rolls up makes a great bumper sticker by the way uh, <laughs> I'm glad I've got this use for it. Yeah. Speaking of bumper stickers, I have, I have, I have two. I have one that says Zealand the Cannon Shannon, and that is right up. That's right, right. above the muffler. Uh, and then the <laughs> is that uh, it's it's a picture of Polisic with a halo around him. Brilliant. I believe it as well. That's the worst bit. That, yeah. Well, it's the champ, been a joke, but I believe it. <sighs> It's not a joke. I, you wish it was, but it's not. <laughs> the Champions League semifinals happened. Pulisic contributed to two of the three goals that Chelsea scored. My question to you, because this is just curious, because it feels like a big surprise to me. How surprised are you that Chelsea is in the Champions League final all of a sudden? I am incredibly surprised at the job that Thomas Tuchel has. He's a very pragmatic manager that has found a way to guide Chelsea through. Their run has been slightly easier than I think you would maybe have said previously right Real Madrid aren't the power they once were that said they dispatched of Liverpool pretty handedly and looked very good doing so so the fact they overcame Madrid makes them in my opinion makes them real contenders for this game against City who 
I don't know. I think I worry about City, right? They've won their Premier League title. Is the desire there for those players to go on and win another thing? I guess we're going to have to find out. But um, no, it is, it is surprising because I think on paper, Chelsea's side is probably just scraping the sort of top 10 of European teams at the start of this competition. So the fact they're in the final now, um, it's, I would suspect it's not a team Manchester City would like to face. And Christian Pulisic, um, again, if you had sort of 20 minutes on your your, your 20 good minutes bingo card for when Zealand mentioned American footballers, uh, you can mark that off now. So, you know, oh, you can, keep in track. Hey, keep an yeah. I'm joking, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's just, we're just doing memes, really. Yeah, no, I, I am so happy <laughs> for Pulisic. I am. I'm so happy for him. So how good? How good do you think? Like, is, the, is he the best? Is he the best American uh, footballer, soccer he's player best, out of all the time? Best, he's the best American ever. Yeah. How, I, I, how far above like Donovan is he? Because I think I don't know who would who, who would be previous to Pulisic. Tim Howard, maybe for what he achieved. Like, I don't it know, would be difficult. now. Am I abreast of history past like 1990? No, not really. But there there have been a collection of players that have been at the level of Donovan and. Uh, Dempsey was my favorite player yeah. for a long time because he just had this knack for scoring goals. Just, I mean, he scored a goal in the World Cup with his pelvis for crying out loud. Like he just had this <laughs> ability to just find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. And Donovan is—he's a legend, right? But he's not. Yeah. He didn't do it on this kind of stage. He dominated in the MLS. He helped bring the MLS to a new era. He played in England a bit. Clint Dempsey was great at Fulham, I think, for a, I mean, for a while. But it's not like he was. It's this is a whole other ball game. This is the Champions League, late Champions League knockout stages, right? This is not just another yeah. Premier League match. This is not just oh, I'm Josie Altidore. I scored thirty goals in the Eredivisie. Like this is, you know, everybody wants to be here. Every club in the world and every player wants to be in this situation on this stage. And he scored. Mm. And he. Honestly, remarkably similar plays for his goal and his assist where he just kind of receives the ball and just hangs out for a little while and then figures out what he wants to do with it. I think that it's it's a sign of how far the game has come for us that somebody can be born in Hershey, Pennsylvania and just actually be capable of doing this. I think that's just what the <laughs> like he was born in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And he's capable of actually getting all the way to the Champions League final and belonging there. Like, that's what I'm always rooting for is I'm scrolling through Twitter not to see people saying Pulisic's the best player of all time. I'm scrolling through Twitter to not see people, uh, like, to enjoy the fact that people aren't saying that Pulisic doesn't belong in the team or on the field. Or, like, what is he doing in the number 10 and those sorts of things. Like, as long as he belongs, I'm okay. Yeah. I, th I think Tuchel was a really good appointment for him as well i feel like the style of football that tushan wants to play sort of almost like this counter-attacking but also like solid in possession type sides he he fits into that quite nicely i still don't i still don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of him which i think must be exciting for you as a fan of his and obviously what he'll be able to do for the national team and things like this um i think in the scale of european wingers uh, at, at like the elite level he's very much average at that but from what i'm gathering like that's a pretty acceptable place for him to be at and whether he can go on at least only 22 we're not talking about like a 28 year old who has worked his way to be here like he's still flourishing and look imagine he, he does something i'm sure you're, you're dreaming about it now he does something miraculous in the final at that point man the conversation around christian politics completely changes and suddenly it's like oh well how good is he really how good is he and if he does it in that sort of on that sort of stage against a manchester city side that have been dominant domestically then uh, yeah he could be he could be spoken about in a, in a, yeah, in a different category 
And, and then the conversation comes, well, does he stay at Chelsea? Are there bigger moves for someone like Pulisic? Because his marketability is a huge selling point to that type of player. Like we mentioned the, old, the older American players, there was almost like a novelty to them in that sometimes it felt like they were being signed because they would get a viewership maybe or a fan base that didn't exist uh, in Europe. And that was a selling point with him. Like he's there purely based on his ability. And he, he's got the other, the other side of it by being good which is, as you say, he fits in now. I, I, I don't see anyone question his ability. I think there were times when it was like, does he contribute enough? Maybe that conversation still exists. But equally, like he's going, he went for mega money. He, he went for what, 50, 60 million to Chelsea? Like $73 million, I think it was. Like it's, yeah, it's a pretty insane amount of money for an American player that, as you say, is is living the dream. Uh, that's He gets asked all the time, like, are you who are you doing this for? Are you doing it for the United States? Like, what are you, are you doing it to vindicate the American game? And he's like, no, I'm doing it because this is what I want to do. I always thought that that was a great answer. He yeah. just says, oh, I'm doing this for me. Like, this is my dream. I want to be like a world-class player. You know, I want to be the best uh, player that I can be. And so that's why I'm chasing. I don't really care. You can assign whatever meaning you want to to it. And I will. I will assign a lot of meaning to it. So thank you for that invitation, Pulisic, in that quote. Uh, but yeah, look, if he scores, and he, we all know that he's capable, the consistency is the question for him. And I think that there's another winger that is in a very similar category who we haven't talked about yet, but for the sake of me not just focusing on the Americans, that would be Phil Foden, who oh, well, yeah, I see. I mean, look, do you have the same sort of, I mean, he plays for a rival team. This is a weird, different situation for you. Cause me, I can just root for Pulisic unabashedly. But for you, Phil Foden is this rival in the league, but for the country, he looks like he could be this type of player that England just doesn't normally produce. He, he's an incredibly exciting talent. There's, there's a few of them about, they're well-documented, right? We talked about Grealish before, the likes of Madison and Mason Mount are in that category as well. Phil Foden is a cut above. At, at the age in which he is right now, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna double check, right? 20 years of age, Phil Foden, in theory, has 10 trophies to his name. Two community shields, which are sort of frowned upon, uh, four league cups, an FA Cup, and three league titles. Now look, in one of those seasons, he didn't feature that much. But in the last two, Pep's used him here or there, like a lot more regularly. He's definitely become a part of the side. As, and in Europe, he's been he's been lighting up 12 Champions League appearances for, for Foden this season. It, obviously, he's not started every single game, but that's a huge statement for a 20-year-old Englishman. It's, there was a long period of time when we had Gerrard and Lampard and Scholes and these players, and it was like, where is the next generation? And they weren't really coming through, right? Harry Kane, sort of in into age bracket, Harry Kane and Jordan Henderson kind of came through on their own a little bit. You'd probably throw like Carl Walker into that maybe, and Harry Maguire came around a little later. Phil Foden is hitting the pinnacle at this age. So so the idea that he could be a mainstay in this England side and be surrounded by the likes of Sancho and Rashford and Mason Greenwood's another one, right? That's so exciting from, from an England perspective. So I can I can take away the, the City-Liverpool thing. Like, it's funny, City have won a league title and the reaction to them winning it like, is so different from when the other traditional big six teams win that league title. There's almost this sort of, okay, on to next season about it. Right, there's no time to revel in it anymore. And that might be a great thing for Foden. If winning becomes his mentality and his way of life, then yeah, we've got a hell of a player in this England setup. And it's going to be fascinating to see how Gareth Southgate uses him in the, uses him in the Euros. I just think he's different than those other... Uh, is Sancho and Rashford... I think Rash... Uh, look, I, I think Rashford is just a really good player. 
But I don't think there's anything about Rashford's game where you look at it and you're like, wow, England's really never seen somebody that can do this before, right? Like he's, he's a good player. He has, you know, clearly ice in his veins. He's somebody that can play on a big stage. He's got really good physicality. And just when you start playing first team ball at 17, it's just hard to not be incredibly <laughs> experienced, right? And just like yeah. know what to expect at every situation. I think Greenwood's going to be sensational. How high he can go, I think we haven't really figured out yet. But Foden's got this ability like these uh you know when you just watch certain players the ball never ever like leaves his foot when he's running with yeah. it it's like he lifts his foot and the ball goes with it and he goes left and the ball goes with it and he goes right and the ball goes with it like he'll have people in his path and he'll just go over them and I'm like how did the ball get there he just his control of the ball has impressed me so much when I've watched him and it's something that I didn't even notice until like this year Maybe it's just because he keeps playing more and more. It's the sort of thing that they saw on the training ground. But I'm like, man, they're just... You know, when you think about English players and the way that they're taught to play and the way that they're they're raised to play and, you know, it's all about... It's work rate and intelligence on where to move. And maybe you have the, the players like uh, Gerard or Skulls who hit just the sweetest, the sweetest passes and shots <laughs> and Beckham on the free kicks. Like, very, very good with the ball. But you just don't have a lot of great dribblers. I mean, even somebody like Giggs, right? He was Welsh. So, like, yeah. these people, you just don't have a lot of great English dribblers. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. And he feels like just the type of guy who could be the best dribbler in the world if he just keeps working at it. Yeah, he's very much a new era player. And it's interesting with Manchester City, right? They lost Vincent Company. And City's team had to evolve and it took them tens of millions to replace him with Ruben Diaz, who now is sort of being, he's now considered like the best defender in the league with with Van Dijk's absence. And when David Silva left, it was like, who's going to replace David Silva? And then out of what felt like nowhere, Phil Foden was on the scene and it was like, oh, wow, okay, this is the guy that replaces David Silva. He's probably a little bit, he's likely to be a little bit quicker. Obviously, he's a lot younger, so it's hard to remember David Silva at that point when he was at Valencia and things like this, but... Like, Foden has that innate ability that David Silva's got of keeping the ball, finding a pass, getting a goal. And that, that is, you're right, in terms of being on the ball and doing the things that he does, Frank Lampard was more of a finisher. Paul Scholes was sit a little deeper and pick the perfect pass. Gerard was all action. And Phil Foden has, like, this classier edge to him that no England player has really had before. If, if you were to pick names, it's like Steve McManaman or Joe Cole have, 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 have been sort of those players but nobody at the level of Foden and bringing it back to Pulisic I think Pulisic right now is in a similar place to Marcus Rashford it's interesting you bring Rashford up a little bit like I think he's he's more similar to Rashford than he is Foden and I think for both those players Rashford and Pulisic like their, their careers in the next five years will define their legacy within the game so it's gonna be really curious to see how, how they both do especially if they're in the Premier League and competing at high level clubs yeah, I think Pulisic and Rashford are going to be going against each other a lot. I think Pepe's in that conversation. He had a really slow start, but I've liked what I've seen from him recently. And all those names just mm. tend to get tossed around all the time. Together is uh, obviously Rashford's homegrown, but the other two guys were big money signings. And when they were bought, you're like, can they do this? Yeah. Like, can yeah. they? Are they really good enough to do this? And I. Look, Pulisic's got a shot at a final, and we've seen Rashford do some great things, but he, he's yet to really do it in England shirt because you just haven't had the tournament yet where Rashford's like fully matured. And it, Pulisic right. hasn't look to be. Uh, there's a lot of promise on Pulisic too, and everybody's like, "Well, this U.S. national team is going to be is going to be fantastic," but we haven't even played a Gold Cup, 
since since we right. failed to qualify for the World Cup, we haven't played a meaningful tournament. Gold Cup or World Cup qualifying are obviously a World Cup, so Pulisic hasn't done really anything in a, in a U.S. shirt either. I'm sure that he will, right? It's impossible for him not to, I hope. But they there's still a very big proving ground on these big stages for those guys. I, I agree that they're more similar. I think Pulisic's a better dribbler than Rashford, and Rashford's a better scorer. But we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, that's totally fair. And we now are, after talking about some good young players, going to take a break before we talk about some good clubs. Or, or they're, they're not, actually. They suck. So we have teams, young players on the rise. The U.S. and England will be in a World Cup final in 2026, and I will be in heaven or hell. But... There are some clubs that have dominated for a long time that look like they're not they're they're kind of done dominating, which is something we pointed out earlier. And to me, when we talked about this a month or a month and a half ago, I it was almost in jest. Like PSG was one point off the top of League All. And it was it was Lille at the, I think at the time as well that was at the top of the league. And we were like, oh, you know, what if they don't win? You know, ho, 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 ho they might not win the league. And it's not just them, Juventus, who has won, which sounds remarkable considering the parity and quality that Italy had for so long, like eight or nine straight Scudettos is now in danger of missing the Champions League altogether. But we will we'll start with PSG. Like, how does this happen? How do you end up here? This, is, this type of thing happened a while ago. Montpellier did a similar thing where like they came out of nowhere a few years ago and won a league title and I think Giroud was like the catalyst to that at the time and obviously he got his big moves after that I, I don't know if you, how much you've watched of PSG this year they are a bizarre football team to watch obviously they've had an exit out of Europe previous to that they got past Bayern Munich before that they, they are having watched them more this season probably than I have in previous years their over-reliance on Neymar and Mbappe has caused this problem and I, I, was, I was doing some digging on Neymar's stats a couple of weeks ago Neymar has played 66 games, league matches, in the same time Lionel Messi's played like 133. Now, that is in, that is in the time in which he spent, obviously, at PSG. Uh, and, and this is like domestic league games. Neymar's one of the, the most expensive players to have underperformed at such a high level for such an exorbitant fee. And he's just signed the new 30 million uh, euros after-tax contract with PSG again. Now, systemically, PSG have these two mega stars, right? Yeah, sure, they've got Marco and they've got Di Maria, and they've got Kilo Navas, and there's, there's a few stars around them. The rest of the PSG side, and sorry if any of them are listening, is not that good. So what is surprising is that Lille are the side to come out of nowhere and do it right. You look at Lyon and Monaco, and you think, yeah, maybe those are the guys to do this. The fact that Lille are a win or so away it feels like now from from wrapping up league one and knocking psg off off what was an inevitable perch right this was this was a signed deal for 10 years when the money came into psg and and wow what little have done and managed to do this season is remarkable two games to go as we record there are three points between the two of them uh psg's games are a little softer and little have got some tough games to come um but it is on zealand shannon it is on I mean dreams can't be by right that's the that's the <laughs> phrase the dreams can't be by but the uh, one shout out to timmy way 
American on Lille, just 21 years old. He's got three goals and an assist on this campaign. He's definitely a regular in the national team and has been for a while. And a Canadian, Jonathan David's on the team too. Uh, but he's yeah. been kind of a dis- well, he was a disappointment, but now I've just I pulled the numbers up. He has 12 goals. I watch a lot of the French League. I heard he was a disappointment before. But this is one of those things where I think they just stopped caring. I mean, what you what you tell what you can tell about Bayern, right? It's kind of this other team that is just dominating its league right now. Is every time Bayern wins the league, they still care. Like they party like it's 1995. You know, they're they're partying like they know what they've just accomplished. If you know what I mean. Mm. Like they yeah. even though they've won it six, seven years in a row, I think it's seven. They they recognize how difficult it is to accomplish it each individual season, and they celebrate it like that. I feel like PSG's kind of lost that. They've lost that feeling of when you win the league that you are the champion and that dancing around and such. I mean, they probably do it in a, to a token extent, but you just feel it when you watch the side and how emotionally invested they are in the Champions League. It's like they couldn't be asked about the league sometimes. I mean, you want to turn up... Yeah on a rainy night in Strasbourg, right? And you've got to be able to show up and win when they're fully, you know, they're professionals in a top five league lining up against you guys that can play if you're not paying attention. And I just get the feeling that the reason they're going to let this slip, they've lost eight games. I mean, the amount of money... It's a lot. It's, it's such a lot of games for a, for a team like PSG. That is an astronomical amount of games. That's insane. Like, they're third... That's tied for third best in the league. Like Lille has, for for perspective, Lille has only lost three games. And I think that speaks a lot to to the desire in the team, right? Like Lille finds a way to turn losses into draws where PSG just doesn't. And I don't, no. I don't want to slate Neymar for it. I don't want to slate Mbappe for it because you're right. They've been asked to do it. The, uh, PSG's essentially just brought in two players and been like, okay, go. And, you know, you've got like chupo moting running around <laughs> like the, these are the other types of players ander herrera who i've never thought was that good they, they've got that midfielder adresa gay who got himself sent off against man city like there's this team is not as stacked as you think it is they have drags but well yeah the, the, the depth the depth is a problem and look psg's team isn't bad they're still competing on like european and and domestic levels like shout out to monaco and leon by the way who are right up there there's, there's potential for psg to finish fourth if it goes drastically wrong for the monaco and leon can both overtake psg if it comes down to that there is this thing like just to, just to go back to neymar right neymar has played 16 league games this season and has been sent off in two of them right like and aside from that he's played 16 league games he's played nine champions league games scoring six goals when he's on the pitch he's so impactful the reality is he's not there enough and as you say right the players that are coming in for Neymar when he's not there are nowhere near of the quality and PSG now have this problem where you're right that the complacency has, has come in players like Mbappe and players like Neymar at some point you would think would want to win now Neymar's new contract suggests that he doesn't need to do that maybe Kylian Mbappe's thought I've won a few league titles here I moved from Monaco I did the thing I wanted to do and now the European elite are scrambling for me and for Haaland and if I'm going to set a legacy up in Europe in the same way that Messi and Ronaldo have I've got to leave this this team this what is supposed to be 
like a, a, a given every single season and i've got to go out and be the best and then psg's rebuild job around neymar becomes very very difficult like to attract those players to a league and a team that while there is still some competitiveness there right and the idea of it being a farmer's league is is a bit of a myth now when you see what's happening with the with the, with the teams around them it's, it's a very difficult bind psg find themselves in for a team that have so much money and so much what seemed like quality but actually isn't necessarily i just think that it, it dispels the myth that the, the for, there's something inherently wrong with the french league compared to the other four major leagues or that maybe the portuguese league is better than the french league i mean i, I look i like the portuguese league but the yeah, it's not as good it's not as good it, as the french it's not no. near as good as the french i mean it's teams like you know Lyon was in a champions league semi-final not that long ago you just don't accidentally get into there and i know porto just got to a quarterfinal but it, it, i mean porto's the best team in that league by a mile even if they didn't win the league yeah. this year the fact that psg is struggling with this i what i actually think mbappe might stay i really do i know a lot of people have thought that he's going to real madrid because he's got that you know he's got that raw athleticism and just he just feels like a real madrid player to me him and holland do because neither yeah. of them are known for their quality. They're both known for their physicality. And so it's this this thing. I don't know who which one's going to go. I think Holland probably ends up at Real Madrid at some point in his career. I wouldn't be shocked if Mbappe decided to stay. Because he is he is French football. I mean, he he is. He won, you know, he's arguably the best player on the best team in France who have never won the Champions League. I can see him wanting to stay there and just dominate. And he, just the World Cup, like he's the chosen son of the French nation, essentially. Yeah, it's it's funny though, isn't it? Because he's already he's got he's won four league titles and he's got a World Cup. And like in terms of being the French golden boy, there isn't a huge amount you can achieve. Like he's not going to be forgotten about by the French by by French people if he goes somewhere else. But if he goes somewhere else and absolutely dominates, then man, that 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 to me is more about his legacy. I think the problem with Mbappe is he's a very difficult player to buy. Like he's he's got a massive wage and he's going to cost a huge amount of money. And with Haaland, from the noises Dortmund are making, he won't be going anywhere this year. It looks like Sancho will be the guy to leave Dortmund. It's always like a, a one-out policy at Dortmund. Then it looks like Sancho will be the guy. With with Mbappe. I don't know where he goes. You're right, right? Real Madrid might take him, maybe like Barcelona one day, but there's a reason they wanted to kick off the Super League. <laughs> they, their, their money is not flowing right now with with what's happened with COVID. So whether they can afford to finance these moves and take themselves into bigger debt, I don't know. Like I said before, if, if these clubs want to find their way out of debt, you should sell some players, not buy what will be like a £200 million deal for Kylian Mbappe. It's, it's going to be a fascinating situation for him. And how long he stays in France, I, I'm, I'm really interested because to me, there's not a huge amount he can achieve that he's not already achieved in that country. I think just continuing to raise the profile of the league is basically what, what he can try to do. Well, what what does his... that do for him though? Well, I'm just saying that if he wants to just be the king of France, essentially. I mean, the royal family of France has been gone for about 200 years, but if he wants to be the king of France... <laughs> and he can i mean he can win 12 league on titles and maybe another world cup and a couple of champions leagues and that would be his his legacy is just the best player the french league has ever seen yeah i mean yeah it, it, it's fair I, I to counter it i would say that pogba and benzema and like patrick vieira before that and thierry henry 
all left and and, that, and that, that wasn't a factor for them like you look at the best players around the world that are French none of them really play in Liga and other than Kylian Mbappe yeah so maybe I, maybe I understand King, King Kylian I'm for it but Kylian might be different because he's just always been the French chosen the chosen man and, and, but we need to move on to the retirement home known as Juventus <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, a, I love that. A, a team that it so is, is so rotted from the inside out. It's just impressive at this point where written Ronaldo scores like 60% of their goals and he's 36 years old. Uh, but I, I'm going to go a different direction with this. How bad is Pirlo to have lost like a top four spot in Italy? Yeah, if it happens, because there's still this, there's still this reality that they could finish second and everyone goes, oh, well, it's an off season for them. Because Inter Milan have absolutely run away with it. Um, when it comes to Perlo, it's very similar to like almost like the Mikel Arteta thing of like oh he's got this reputation as being like this cool guy. He's got a, he's got you know he's got cool hair and <laughs> he's, he's he was a central midfielder. He was a maestro on the pitch. He, what what could possibly go wrong managerially? Well, this this is what could happen. <laughs> and now they're uh, they're sitting in fifth and it is it's disaster street for for Juventus. I don't know what happens. Ronaldo leaves right one last hurrah at Man United. I don't know what he does. But he's not going to stay in the Europa League at Juve. There's not a chance. I think he leaves. He's totally, he's totally going to leave. But the funny thing is, like, Juventus has two games. They're one point behind fourth position, which is occupied by Napoli. And they're three points behind AC Milan and Atalanta. And the whole tiebreaker thing is uh, pretty up in the air. Like, the goal differences are totally in play over the last two matches for yeah. who could get a tiebreaker in those situations. In the next game, there's two matches left. Juventus has to play Inter, who you're right, is just sailing. I mean, they're 13 points ahead of anybody else. They've already clinched the league. They're definitely going to want to rub it in Juventus' face, which they probably will, if we're being honest. I mean, yeah. Juventus in yeah. its last five games has lost to Fiorentina and then also lost to Napoli, who's now ahead of them because of that. It's like... I, I really think it's very hard for Juventus. Their last game is against a mid-table side in Bologna. I know it's Bologna, but it's Bologna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, it, that is not a guaranteed win in their form. They're probably going to lose to Inter. Like, they're out. They're going to the Europa League, and you can't... Like, Ronaldo is not staying in the Europa League. That does not no, happen. Th this is what happens when you bring American central midfielders to Juventus and oh. Weston McKennie. It crumbles from the inside, right? This, I think that's what we can all agree on. Um, now that, that team is is elite. So the fact that they've not managed to finish in, or they potentially are even in doubt to finish in the top four is uh, is pretty crazy. And I, I, don't know where, I really don't know where Ronaldo will go. Maybe they'll do an Mbappe swap. The best thing is that UEFA are threatening uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus with expulsion from Europe. Well, they're doing it themselves. So UEFA... Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> They're going to expel themselves from Europe. It, it's <laughs> you, can't, you can't end our relationship because we quit our relationship. Uh, that's how it feels like right you. now. And Buffon's going to leave too because yeah, he's secretly terrified of playing in the Europa League. Uh, they need Apparently to... Barcelona want him. Barcelona want really? Buffon at, at 43 years of age. I'm on board. Ugh. Come on, make it happen. <laughs> I, I would watch it. I, I, Buffon started playing with Zeke, professional football uh, a year after I was born and I'm 30 years of age <laughs> like when I say he signed, a, he signed a youth contract with Palmer in 1991 mm. he's still playing now <laughs> like, I, don't, what's I, don't, play? I don't think my parents were married when he started playing they weren't even married he's played 13 times this year 
<laughs> What's going on? No wonder they've not got into the top four comfortably. He's 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 very old. I mean, he's one of the greatest goalkeepers of all time. One of my favorite goalkeepers of all time. But yeah, that is madness. It's in, yeah. He was he was old when I played my first FIFA game on like FIFA 07. Buffon was like, oh yeah, he's this great Italian yeah. keeper, but he's a little old. You know, he's kind of. He's, so the twilight like of his career. Then, yeah, it's oh, like, theory, it's, it's, it's like May in Alaska. It's the longest twilight of all time. So yeah. you know you're old when you dive to make a save and the reaction isn't applauding. It's sort of oh, like when you see an old person <laughs> fall over. It's that you know you're old when that happens. <sighs> hey, I really don't pay attention to the bottom of the Italian league as much as I should. Uh, I, I think so said, he, said every football fan ever yeah it's like i don't even know some of these teams and i play i literally the sport is my job slash life and i just don't even know uh like spezia i don't think i've ever heard of them before sorry if you're a big fan palmer being relegated which is really upsetting for me so I'll just yeah i'm gonna have to get my cheese somewhere else uh speaking of food there's your best segue barbecue sauce so we we try things we go back and forth right and this time yes, yes. my mother sent you barbecue sauce which she is the best woman on the planet it's no there's no doubt about it it was uh it was sweet baby ray's barbecue sauce mm, god stuff's good and for those who don't know two, what two barbecue bowls. sauce is it's like this american <laughs> dish what are you doing what are you doing i'm explaining what barbecue is is that a problem right, we have bar we have barbecue sauce in england <laughs> now and just, the, the, this doesn't just go to english people we're the most popular gaming podcast in indonesia english language gaming podcast oh right, okay yeah oh wait that's huge yeah no i got i got an update from apple podcasts about our ratings around the, in, in indonesia we're the most popular english language gaming oh, podcast i don't know how we happened. did it we did it at last yeah uh, no, she, sent, she sent me three things actually she sent she sent us i love your mom is the greatest honestly the absolute great she sent she sent me some barbecue sauce uh she sent me some pop tarts which me and Ellie shared and enjoyed massively. I would have saved them for the podcast, but we've not recorded in three months. So um weeks. Yeah, they were absolutely they were delicious. And she sent she sent us macaroni and cheese. Now I don't want to offend your mother, Z. All right. So if she got to this point in the podcast, if she waded through the politics chat, then look, we have macaroni and cheese in a, in this country. Not really? So yeah, yeah. It's a pretty common occurrence. So, I, but I really appreciate it. We've not tried it yet. We'll, we'll try it for the next podcast. We'll love it for dinner or something. I don't know. Delicious. Uh, onto the barbecue sauce. Wow. Really good. Sweet baby rays. I mean, you bigged it up and you were right to do so. Uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Had it on some ribs. Um, got them especially. So, yeah, really, really good. So, you went out and bought ribs especially. Yes. To I, that's, that's the way you had to do it. That's yes, perfect. Yes, but now this this where comes the problem right so i said on the last podcast that no no we don't have sweet baby ray's barbecue sauce no chance that sounds very american there's no way we've got that uh, ellie was doing the weekly shop and sent me a picture of a massive section which was just sweet baby ray's barbecue sauce <laughs> and, oh. and uh she went you know the barbecue sauce we've got i went yep she sent me a picture there was about 40 bottles of it so um to your mother i'm so sorry that i didn't know the contents of, of lidl uh locally but uh yeah they do they do sweet berries now the good thing about that is we can have it all the time so hey. fantastic but it is it is fantastic and i've never had it previously so if anything it was still worth it but i yeah again shout out to you mom amazing work um yeah we've got to get you to try something new i don't, I don't know when that's going to be you need a, send a picture of, of, the, of the aisle see the way this works is my mom sends me the english stuff too because the chat on Amazing. twitch will tell her yep 
something so uh yeah i i am prepared for the next podcast i don't know what it is exactly i have uh hold on right here we go uh, this. no it's a uh she, well you'd love this because it, it comes in this little like lunch box with an english flag on it uh, like the, right. like the union jack which is the yeah. british flag i guess but it is uh the double the cadbury double decker is what oh, like uh, good god yes <laughs> she's having a, wow an entire union jack lunchbox full uh like well, you, just know, double you know like a mcdonald's happy meal but it's got the union jack all over it what just double deckers what is it just double deckers in that yes oh, how many are there ones for 12 stacked 12 double deckers no english person has ever bought 12 double deckers in one sitting that is wow <laughs> they are they are absolutely fantastic all right well, um, that's what we'll be trying that's what i'll be trying since i'm up next yeah i'll be trying that next week yeah many people would consider the double decker to be a pro we'll talk about this next time so i don't want to i don't want to overstate the double decker but my god i'll tell you what viewers there'll be 10 by the time we speak to him next because he will have he won't be able to resist now uh no sensational yeah uh this has been a bit of a bumper episode probably as an apology for you know the gap <laughs> So, yeah, know, yeah, it's good. now it's, it's like it's, I think it's like an hour long episode. Almost. I, I don't really know. I don't actually have the time in front of me. Been, <laughs> well, yeah, 55 minutes or so. Yeah, we've been including adverts. Including, you listeners? Yeah, the adverts uh, that my mom <laughs> supplies. I don't know. We really, we really, I can't express enough. We just do this for fun. Yeah. Like, this is just kind yeah. of, I, we do it and upload it whenever we can. And uh, yeah, there's always there's, there's this impression that content creation and you're like on this grind to make money this is just for fun i have a lovely time doing this i find out so much about american culture that i some of which listeners i didn't need but at the same time i love all the same whereas you've got a 12 double deckers so you are very you're british at this point you eat those you'll have a yorkshire accent well, Amazing. Um, i'm looking forward to it uh, and we'll see you soon on the next episode of 20 good minutes if you add uh, English accent on the bingo card, you can mark that off now. <laughs>